I am super excited to introduce to you a delightful human being who I have the honor of calling my dear friend. The pure love essence of Lois Hampson is impossible to capture in a short bio. Her wisdom and knowledge are deeply profound, and her light-infused energy far exceeds her earthly body. Plus, she has the cutest giggle in the entire world. In this conversation, you will learn the near-death experience that changed her life, how divine inspiration guided her to healing her very sick body, how repressed emotions and stuck energy can make us sick, why blaming keeps us stuck and what to do instead, and how to keep energy flowing in your mind, body, and spirit for optimum health and wellness. This does not begin to capture the topics and the places that we went in this episode. So I hope that you kick back, grab a beverage, put your feet up, well, if you're not driving, and enjoy this episode with Lois Hampson. If you're curious about Lois's background, history, and her professional services, you can read the bio in the description below. You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. My name is Kristen Brown, and I have a guest today that my eyes are literally tearing up because I love this woman so, so, so much. We have met on a social audio app. And it was like first conversation, such close friends, like we get each other's energy and we have a profound connection. And I've waited a long time to have her on my podcast because there's so many topics that we can talk about. And I sort of had something planned for today, but as we are having our pre-recording conversation, I want to take this a completely different direction. But I just want to say something that her bio doesn't sum her up. There is nothing about Lois's bio, any words written on a page that is going going to capture the essence of this woman. She is an incredible human being who has been through so, so much and has turned her life around in the most profound and amazing ways single-handedly, which is why I want to have her on my podcast. And thank you, Lois, so much for being here and welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. And thank you, Christian. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you for asking me to be here. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited because I know who you are and you're the first person that actually knows me before doing an interview with me. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm going to start with basically where we what we were talking about before you came on and that, or before we started recording, which was you were talking about getting yourself into a place that based on things that were coming up for you and that you needed to go back into grounding. Like you wanted to ground yourself because you felt kind of like you were out there. I call it being out there in the ethers. I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but what I would like to do Lois is to ask you what is grounding and how is that supportive to us in mind, body, and spirit? How can you define grounding? I would define grounding as taking that space between your thoughts and just stopping for a minute. There's a lot of different techniques to grounding, but my mainstay is my breath. When I focus on my breath and take deep breaths, I do the breath of fire or the breath of life or whatever, I actually, 
I'm able to ground myself in the present moment because sometimes we can have situations that will take us out of ourselves, that send us on that goose chase to where we say, they're doing this to me, they're doing that to me, why they did this, why? And if you allow that train, this train of thought to start, it will build momentum. So when I catch myself going down a track that I don't want to go, going downtown instead of uptown, I will stop and I will ground myself. And if the breathing doesn't work, I say a Ho'oponopono prayer to make me get clarity in the situation and to as to why I'm agitated about a thing. Because I understand that I still have a part of me, just like everybody else, that can express rage. Mm -hmm. For me, most of my life, the rage was expressed against myself. It was violence against myself. Yeah, I underwent a lot of violence, yes. But the the most damaging violence I underwent was the way I thought about what I went through. My goodness, there's so much I could take off of from there. I'm going to wait for Ho'oponopono until later because this is a major part of what you do in your own journey and also what you teach. And I'm also f familiar with it. It's an amazing process that we can do to, to release. But I'm going to wait for you to talk about that. When it comes to blaming, we, you and I, this is something that we agree on is that we got to take personal responsibility for, excuse me, what's happening in our lives. Many times people want to blame. So can you talk about the difference between, and even just the energy shift between pointing the finger out there, blaming everybody for everything that's happening to you and what happens when we actually shift that energy and put it back to ourselves? What happens in that space? Well, most of the times when we're at odds with somebody, our energy is disrupted as well as theirs. And most times we point at the other person and we don't take personal responsibility for our piece in it. Yeah. And then we go and tell these one-sided stories to everybody to get them to believe what we want to believe that we know is a lie. Okay, yeah. or we may not know. We may not be conscious of ourselves and conscious of our motives or our actions, but if we are, we will recognize that the other person is projecting. And if we're triggered, the trigger is just saying, hey, you got something underneath here that <laughs> needs to be healed. Here I am. Deal with me. And then and then you you actually have to, again, again, ground yourself. Ground yourself. And once you ground yourself, you can act. And like I said, I used the whole ponopono yeah, to ground myself. And it's just four lines. It says, I'm sorry please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And it's saying it to myself. It's not saying it to the other person and it's saying it in my head. It's not to the other person because I'm the one whose feelings hijack them. The other person can't make me feel any type of way, any type of way I feel that is my responsibility. And for that, I take responsibility and say, I'm sorry to myself because I know any feeling other than motivated by love is a sin against myself. So what if someone says, oh, no, 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 Lois, you don't understand. This person cheated on me, lied to me, stole from me, did whatever they did to me. What if they say, you don't understand, it is their fault. What would you say to someone in, in that sort of mindset? Well, in that sort of mindset, I would have to inform them about the law of correspondence. The law of correspondence says what's going on inside of you is going to be projected outside of you. And it's like a magnet, the law of vibration and the law of attraction. It's going to attract like energy because 
this thing is supposed to get healed when it comes up. And most times when we blame others, we're stuffing it back down and then it'll come up another time. And then we stuff it down. And after a while, it's like, we ain't, we're not making a mistake. We're making a missed M-I-S-S-E-D take. We can do that take over again. And when we learn that we're doing this, we can practice taking that time to realize that that's not how I wanted to act. And, and then rehearse, Pre prepare yourself to be able to go through it again. Because if you didn't come from your heart, you're going to repeat that cycle all over again. Mm. And, and it's going to go around and around and around. And it's like, and that's what, that's when you get into that ring of suffering, you know, cause you're going to have pain, but suffering is optional, you know? So if you're going around and around that ring, but you don't have compassion for yourself and you don't realize that you must take personal responsibility for your peace and that you must forgive yourself for flying off the handle for whatever it is. Cause I know I, I would fly off the handle. Okay. I, I had a lot of rage inside of me, you know, and sometimes it would come up uh, in places that it shouldn't, you know? And it was like, Whoa, wait a minute. There's no way that like, like I'm gonna tell you a place that it shouldn't, it shouldn't come up in a place like traffic. Mm -hmm. I get mad at the other person for cutting me off. Like they did that to me personally. Mm -hmm. yeah. They don't know me. <laughs> you know, they don't know me. They don't know where I'm going. They have no idea. And that other part, my responsibility is to recognize they don't know me either. I yes. don't know them. They don't know me. So how can this be a personal attack because they cut off? And then I don't know those circumstances surround that. <laughs> they could have a crying kid in the back seat that needs to get to the hospital. They could be rushing to to the hospital because they because their daughter was dying. Okay, yeah. it could have been any it could be any situation, but we get angry, really angry, and it ain't that person. Yeah. That anger is coming from someplace else. Amen. And when we ground ourselves and we realize we're doing this, when we ground ourselves, we're able to look at it and see it through the clear glasses, the clear lenses, as opposed to lenses that we created when we experienced trauma or the lenses that we created to act like the trauma didn't exist, those rose-colored glasses. You know, so you, if you're not looking at things clearly, you're looking at it either through a rose-colored, oh, that didn't matter. And you can't yeah. do that to yourself because that's damaging you because it, emotions have to flow because it's energy in motion. And if the emotions don't flow, that energy, you don't express that energy out. Now, this does not mean you got to do nothing mean or horrible because I express emotions all the time and I don't hurt anybody. Right. You know, even when I'm upset, I know how to express my emotions because I know how to communicate in order to let somebody know what's going on without being offensive. Let's, you know? go, there. Let's go there for a second because one of the things that I like to do for myself is I, I like peace. I like neutrality. Yeah. I like open heart. I like this type of thing, but being human requires us to have emotions and those emotions are guideposts and they show us, you know, certain things. So I talked about this in my book, my second book, where I was getting really irritated one day. I was so mm -hmm. irritated. I was like, why am I irritated? The first thing that came up was that I was being interrupted by people as I was trying to write my book. But then, so I could stop right there, Lois, and I could blame. Oh, it's all them. It's all my family that's trying to interrupt me who are innocently just coming to knock on the door because they've done it a million times before. Yes. But what I said was, okay, I'm irritated because I'm not actually setting clear parameters and boundaries around my writing. 
Okay. So I moved, I shifted from that to this. And I feel like emotions are bomb ass. Like they're the, the best thing that we can pay attention to because they are going to guide us. And for me, if I've noticed myself driving down the car, Lois, and all of a sudden I'm calling everybody an asshole or I'm (laughs) flipping them off underneath, I'm like, ah, I'm like, oh, Kristen, what is going on? Like, where is this coming from? Right. Okay. Yeah. What would you suggest to somebody that they could do when they're noticing a lot of like a, a dense energy coming up inside of them, or maybe they don't even notice, how can they start to notice so that they can start the path of healing? Well, I like to use acronym that I used to teach when I was a drug and alcohol therapist and it's HALT, okay? Mm. And for me, I don't make any big mighty decisions or any, any major decisions when I'm in a HALT state. And halt means hungry, horny, hormonal, angry, lonely, or tired. Because in any of those needy states, your magnet is going to draw that right to you. I mean, it's like, bam, slam. And then you, in this kind of crappy verbal altercation or physical or, or car entanglement or something, because... You left your house when your energy was not in a joyful, in a a upper, a more of um, you could talk about this one too, more uh, on that emotional guidance scale. You know when it's not up because you, the thing is is that we our emotions can be can the vibration of our emotions determine our mood, <laughs> and they determine our our physiology as well because every time we think a thought that thought triggers biochemicals in your brain and that will release whether it's serotonin or norepinephrine and and the endorphins or whatever, the feel good hormones and whatever it is. And it'll release, the releases in our brain. And that's just thinking of a word. It releases those hormonal chemicals in your brain. Now, once you have that chemical release, you experience that as a feeling. It's the words that we're thinking and the, and the stories that we're telling that is causing all the all distress. So for uh, for me, I would you said, how do you do that? You got to transmute the energy of the story you're telling yourself by telling yourself something different. You can't just erase it. You can't say, I don't feel this. Yes. You can say, I don't like what I'm feeling right now. I want to feel better. Now, that may not be... I, I don't like how I'm feeling. I got to feel love. <laughs> no, it ain't, ain't none of that. But it's moving up that scale rung by rung on the like a ladder. And, and then you bring yourself up. And sometimes you may not be able to get from I can't stand them to, hey, everybody acts like that sometimes right away. But you got to walk yourself up because your thoughts are controlling your physiology. Those neurotransmitters and chemicals that are released, hormones released in your body are from your thoughts. And they create a dis-ease state when they're imbalanced. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have enough serotonin, you got depression. And it's a lot of drugs that we've been offered to, to solve a lot of this stuff. But when you start realizing that this is a medical, physical situation we got going here. There's some laws of the universe that we need to operate within when it comes to energy and vibration. 
and stuff like that that we that we need to understand and know because in that case we'll be able to have a blueprint sort of so that we can shape what we want because the law of attraction is just one of the laws mm -hmm. okay there are 11 others mm -hmm. that control this universe and when we understand how it operates the law of cause and the, the law of vibration you know the it's like when it's it's just like when we understand that we're able to better orchestrate and shape our lives into what we want but the biggest thing is doing that halt halting yourself yeah. when you know you're in a bad place and refocusing and grounding yourself by meditation, grounding yourself by saying the Ho'oponopono prayer, grounding yourself by getting out in the sun and in nature, grounding yourself by taking a hot bath and getting in the water because something about the water. I don't know what it is yeah. about the water, whether it's a bathtub of water, a shower of water, an ice bath of water. It is something about the water that calms that vagus nerve and gets yeah. you back into who you are and ground you right back to the moment so that you can see clearly Love the whole that. thing is you got to shift you have to make a shift and it's a conscious shift and it's practice and you can't beat yourself up because it's baby steps it's baby steps it's you always know? baby steps and i feel like it's about slowing down we're such yeah. in this, this big mad rush to get there that there that's out there, but there is no there. We never get there because life is a journey and a process. Yes. I want to back up just a tad and talk about how repressed emotions can create illness inside of us. And oh, wow. yeah, you know a lot about this. So take it away, sis. <laughs> I know a lot about this because in, in 2010, I was sent home with 48 different diseases, most autoimmune in my body and, and was given some pain medication and a letter saying, there's nothing else we can do for a you. Letter? A I letter? Got a, I got a letter from my doctor saying that she can no longer help me. She's done all she can do. She sent me to pain management specialists and good luck because I went to everybody to try to get healed. I was doing everything they, they were telling me to do. I was eating the stuff. I was had a backpack of medication that everybody had me taking, I proceeded to have a near-death experience as I was Can coming. Can you tell us briefly about that, Lois? Can you tell us briefly about the NDE? Yeah. Okay. On that, that, that was my second one. I have first one at 17. But, okay. um, but this one, this particular one was because of the 48 diseases. And after she sent me home to die, and I was thinking, you know, what am I supposed to do? My daughter is sick. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, and I went to everybody I could, but I went to went to the doctors. They sent me away. I went to, the, I even went to the church that I was ministering at that I was sick and I could hardly go. And they basically told me I was sinning. So there was nothing they could do for me. I, oh, I was like, whoa, dude. Okay. I, I see this. I see this. And then I got, I almost got, I got to the place where I wanted to live so bad. And this is what I said too. I will go and dance butt naked in the, <laughs> in the middle of the street, a jig, you know, and do whatever, okay? And, and if I if I could get healed, you You're know, I didn't do want, whatever it took, right? I was willing, willing to do whatever it takes to get healed, okay? Because I could barely walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't make a decent sentence. I was stumbling over my words. I was falling. I was breaking bones. I, it was... It was, not a, it was not a pretty picture at the point where 
I was going in and out of consciousness. I was crossing over, crossing back, crossing over, crossing back, crossing over. And my ro- my roommate would come out because I was sleeping on the patio because couldn't breathe in the house because I had a lot of stuff going on. They would, he would come out every day. You alive? And I'm like, yeah, oh I'm gosh. still here. And barely raised, raised a finger because I couldn't even pick up my hand, okay? That night when I went out, I know that I crossed over because I went straight into the light. And then I had a conversation with my father. And he told me to, I'm going to say like he said it, fuck them doctors. They don't know what the fuck they talking about. You got to do you and you shall surely live. Wow. And then I came out of the, I came out and I was like, wow. And then so that my roommate came out the next morning and I'm just sitting there staring into space. And he's like, are you alive? Because this has just happened to me again. And I knew where I went because I went there when I was 17. And it was like, I was talking. It was not, it was so, when I was 17, I did the whole tunnel experience into the light. Okay. When you know, this, you know, too. Yeah. When you know, this, you know. Yeah. And this time I went directly into the light. So I guess I had already did the tunnel part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That was already done. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't have to do that part again. So I went right into the light. And, and like I said, I had that conversation. And I asked God when I came to, I said, okay, if I, God, if I shall surely live, you're going to have to be my hands, my feet, my legs, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my hair, because everything was going. I mean, I had all my hair was gone. I went from 290 some pounds to 118 pounds with under, under a year. Okay. I was, I was, I looked, I looked like, wait, 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 there was a rumor going on with my high school friends that I looked like I was on speed and crack. Mm-hmm. Okay. My skin was ashen and I was dying. And so, and God told me what I had to do, you know, and it began with washing a window, moving the energy because I was led to understand that. Let's all- talk about that, Lois, because these are, these are stories you all that I've heard before, but each time I hear them, I still get chills. I'm still blown away. But this window washing episode was a very important thing because it sounds like here she is laying on the porch. She has a near-death experience. She speaks to her father and her next step is washing a window. So let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I could. I wasn't able to stand up. I wasn't able to do anything. I had to get a bowl of water, like a cereal, little tiny cereal bowl of water with a little water in it because I would spill it because I remember I wasn't stable and I, I was rocky when I walked. I had a cane and all that stuff in the little walk. I had all the apparatus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it like that because I, I appreciate it when it was there, but no, I didn't like it at all because it made, it, it made me feel some type of way. I'm going to say it like that, but I'm grateful for it. The whole thing was moving the energy was the first thing I had to do. He showed this to me step by step. It didn't all come at me. Oh, he's telling me to move my energy. No, it wasn't right. like that. I said I was willing to stand in the butt street butt naked and then dance a jig. So I heard a voice and said, I said, well, how am I supposed to clean the window if I can't even stand up? He said, remember, you said that you would dance butt naked, but all I'm asking you to do is wash your window. And I was like, okay, window, you're getting washed today. And it took me eight hours to wash a window, one little window, one little window. Because I had to keep going, sitting down, standing up, going back to the scene, coming back, getting up, sitting down and going back. And as I began to move my energy, 
of my body, my physical body, things started feeling different, okay? And then I said to my, my, my friend asked me, girl, you still having them migraines? I said, girl, I don't even talk about it. I said, but you know what? One day it's going to come when you're going to ask me that question. And I'm going to say, girl, what migraine? I, oh, I don't know when the last time that would happen. And after, after months, I, I was able to drop the migraine medication, drop the this, drop the that, drop till now. Uh, there are only a couple of things that plague me. And that's still a um, gluten sensitivity and seasonal allergies. So those two are still on the list of the 48, but yes. 46 of the stuff that included diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, anemia, um, fibromyalgia, migraine, major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, uh, gastrointestinal, um, what is that, Crohn's, and, and with, with a mix of the other one. I can't think of it right now, but it was a, it was a yeah, laundry list. I think I know what the other one is. It was a laundry list of disorders that were going on. And as I moved the energy in my body after coming from that near-death experience, I started healing. And then when I started healing, of course, I'm grateful. So I'm saying I'm grateful every day, every time I, I I'm so grateful I can watch this window. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And the more I was grateful, the more I had to be grateful for. And so the gratitude along with the energy movement Hey, I'm here now climbing mountains in South of France. Okay. That's right. You know, riding a motorcycle, living my best life. Right. Doing doing my hobbies and making money doing my hobbies. You I, know. I want to say something about gratitude. I was listening to a talk the other day with Dr. Joe Dispenza. So this is not mm -hmm. my information. This is coming from him. But he said that when we are in a pure state of gratitude, that there are 1,200 chemicals that are released in our brain. Mm -hmm. Not one, not four, not 50, 1200. Yes. So let's talk about this. As you started to move energy, because if I remember correctly, you didn't really know about energy and transmitting. I didn't know energy. about the energy. And this, I didn't, and not this, at that stage. Right. And this is why, uh, you know, a certain point I wanted to make, because when we ask for help, God is not going to go, Hey girl, go transmute your energy because <laughs> we don't know what that, right. We're not even thinking about that. God, not at said, all. God said, clean the window, wash the window. And yeah. then when we take these next best steps, right. Then how did that open up the world? Because I'm sure it wasn't just from washing windows that you were able to heal. I know that you started to drop medication, meditate, meditate, med medication. Sorry, y'all you did start really studying and learning like you're a font of knowledge now based on this experience. So can you give people just a little bit more in depth to not only the, how, well, maybe a little bit more about how you transmuted energy, but also what else you did. When I realized that I was moving, I just was doing anything that I was inspired to do. I didn't do nothing without being inspired to do. If I, he was, if I was told to wash a window, I washed a window. I didn't try to wash all of them at the same time, but eventually every window got washed in the house. Then that led to um, me being inspired to begin to look at each disease that what that I was assigned, I'm gonna say it like that, that I was assigned mm -hmm. and that my body was experiencing to see its etymology, to look for what its roots, how does this occur? How did that occur and all that kind of stuff. 
And then when I did that, then I would get my blood test. And I, I was just inspired to do all this. This is not somebody said, oh, follow this pattern. No, no, I was just inspired to do this. The first thing before I started changing the diet and stuff, I had to find out all the diseases, what they meant. Mm. What, what, who am I in a boxing ring with? I was like Tyson. I was in the boxing ring with, you know, Ali, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know how he fight. So I had to find out each disease that I had to fight in order to get it back, my body back into equilibrium. And I had to study each one of them. Now, some information I understood, some of it I didn't. That I didn't understand, I didn't worry about. I just focused on what I could understand. And later, I was able to understand all of it because it was, a, again, baby steps. I didn't stress myself out trying to figure something out. When I got stuck, I was just grateful for what I was able to do. And then I moved on. And then uh, then I was encouraged to get a list of all my family's diseases because a lot of my family had already passed on or transitioned. I like to say now transition mm -hmm. to the other side. And a lot of them had a lot of the same diseases that I had. And I wanted to understand who had what and what do all these diseases have in common? Because I became, because I, I mean, I went to college and I was a researcher. I, I worked in psychology department and I did a lot of research and stuff to get my degrees. I knew how to research. So I, if I have all these diseases and they had these diseases and they had these diseases and then some of the rare ones, what do all these diseases have in common? And that's when I came upon the term celiac. <laughs> because when I researched it, it all fell under the celiac umbrella as to diseases that could be caused by gluten sensitivity or gluten intolerance. When I did found that, that then everything just started clicking from there. It explained why I was gaining weight and was hardly eating. It explained why I would eat certain things and feel like I was going to pass out. It explained a lot of stuff, but I got used to doing, feeling like that. So I thought it was normal. Yeah. I, I thought it was normal. And when I realized that it wasn't, then I was able to see that, oh, this is caused by that. And this is caused by that. And, and then I started looking at my cravings and what I was craving because we crave the thing that least resistance that we know of to what we need. So when I would crave chocolate, I had to go and research chocolate, find out what's in chocolate that my body is asking for. Oh, it needs antioxidants. Oh, it needs some caffeine. Oh, it, you know what I'm saying? Needs some yes. polyphenols. So that means there are other sources of these things, of these nutrients that my body is asking for. So let me find a healthier version. It was step by step. I did not orchestrate it. I didn't plan it. I didn't read a book or anything. I just followed when I said, God, be my hands, my feet, my brain, my everything, because everything was affected on my body because it was a full system shutdown. You know, it was really a full system shutdown on everything. Yeah. You know, central nervous system and all that, because the brain was involved, the pancreas, the, the kidneys. The, I mean, you know, yeah. some of the stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's lingering effects. But the thing is, is that now I know as long as I keep my vibration high enough, sickness may come, but then it goes just as fast as it comes, like it's supposed to, like a season. Yeah. We, I was supposed to get stuck in it. When they gave me all those drugs mm. and stuff, without me examining first myself, now I know that my body talks to me and tells me different things without me having to say anything. So now if I get a sharp pain in my knee, <laughs> I know that it means I'm being inflexible mm -hmm. about something that I'm dealing with. 
So my knee going to start hurting. Or if my neck start hurting, it's me. I'm carrying too much. That means I need to get rid of some of the responsibilities. So your body responds in different ways in different zones and different meridians based on those chemicals that are released in it when you think these thoughts. So if you change your thoughts, you literally change your life. Hey, I'm here. Living testimonial right here sitting in front of me right now. You know, you talked a lot about what you changed like food-wise and what your body needed. What did you do emotionally? Because we know that repressed emotions can show up as illness in the body. So where where were you working on? When did you come across that on your journey? And what did you do? I started as a counselor at 17. Mm -hmm. And I've been working in the mental health field all that time. So for over 40 years in the mental health field, I learned a little something, something along the way. Mm-hmm. A little <laughs> I bit. Learned about, I learned, I learned that unexpressed emotions turn to repression, regression, OCD, all that kind of stuff. Sickness in your body. Cause grief, the grief, if, maternal grief can turn into uh, uterine cancer or breast cancer or resentment. And I, I just learned those things on, on this journey. And then I, like I said, putting, it's kind of like, it's kind of like my sister was talking about this morning when I was talking to her. It's kind of like, I got this, we all got this pile of yarn that we must unravel yep. <laughs> strand by strand. And so for me, I came unraveled. And so for me, it was my duty to figure out where things stood and where I was. And as I did my inner work, because I I was a minister in church, so I understood the power of forgiveness. Every time I really was sick, I realized I wasn't forgiving somebody. Even when I got, I had a a spot on my brain x-ray many, many, many years before, like my kids were babies, you know, and they're well grown now, but spot on my x-ray as I did the process of forgiveness and it wasn't Ho'oponopono then, but I was doing Ho'oponopono and I didn't know that that's what I was doing. And I was able to have three x-rays with this big old white spot on it. And then the, when they'd send me, send me to the fourth specialist or the third specialist had did another x-ray and I did all this forgiveness work and the spot was gone. So I knew the power of forgiveness already because I knew I was only hurting myself. And for me, being that it was in the brain at that time, it meant that my thoughts were harming me. So I started paying attention to the things I was thinking and I was able to help a lot of other people. However, the problem came when I neglected myself. Even though I knew all this, even though I was doing this, I was not helping myself. I was not taking breaks. I was listening to their problems, not clearing energy because I didn't know nothing about energy. So a lot of stuff, I was given a a prophecy by a prophetess at church. She says, she came to me and she said, you know, what you're suffering is not yours. And I'm thinking, huh? She says, you're suffering for other people. And And that's when I realized I was an empath. It was like step by step by step by step by step. And when I started understood I was an empath and realized that I can go into a room and pick up the vibe of the room and point out the danger zones and all that kind of stuff, I realized that I had been going around with all my clients and everything, taking on 
that excess energy from listening to is secondary drama. Trauma is what they call it. Okay. They got a name for it now. It's secondary trauma. That's for anybody who witnesses a trauma, hears about a trauma, all that stuff. Because a lot of people right now in this day and age, post-COVID, are experiencing depressions and level that is unequal, okay? Because they were traumatized by all the news and the press and the fear-mongering. Yes, I just have to say something, Lois. I got to jump in there and say the secondary trauma, I understand this, I feel this, and it's one of the reasons why I am so incredibly careful about what I take in when I watch TV. I mm-hmm. cannot watch anything that has to do with torture because yeah. I just, it like there's something that happens inside. It, it'll bother me. I will absorb that for so long, even if it's just someone punching someone repeatedly. That's enough for me. That's torturous to me. I have to, I do. I feel like I have to go shake off this vibe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because I'm more aware of it now because I'm older or maybe we're more resilient when we're younger. Maybe our little energy, you know, our little energy bubble is more pliable. I don't know what it is, but as I've gotten older, for sure, I've really had to be mindful about removing things that have ick attached to them, whether it's people, whether it's in, whatever it is, I, I need to remove myself from that because I want to be a clean, I want to be a clear a vessel as possible and right. to move that energy through me. So what I'm hearing and also practice in my own life is that we are energy and we yes. need to move this energy through our bodies. And one of the, mm-hmm. conver- you know, what started this conversation when we were talking prior to hit record was we were talking about, you said, I needed to do some work in your root chakra. So let's go into the energy centers of the body, the seven energy centers and what they are and how we can like, what let's, let's do this, Lois. Let's talk about what each one is and what it's responsible for, and how we can keep that energy moving. Okay. I can't say I'm well-versed in this because I'm still learning the things, but I know, I don't, it's like, kinda, I kind of know what to do, but I can't tell you how to do it. But we have the major, seven major uh, chakras that run through our, the center of our core, okay? Because we have a core, an energy core. I liken it to the core of an apple because around because you're in the center and this is the core your core and around that core is a big ball a light and it's called your merkaba or merkaba however you want to pronounce it and that is your vehicle that allows you to think different and rise from lower vibration to higher vibration and when you talk about your chakras your chakras are your energy zones that govern certain organs and certain parts of your body the foods that you eat, the colors of the foods relate to the, those chakras and strengthen those chakras, the colors you wear. So the first chakra is the root chakra. And I'm wearing this root chakra shirt because I found out more information about myself today in a meditation that I'm like, okay, I had to be Ho'oponopono. <laughs> I can even say it now. I had to do the Ho'oponopono prayer, which is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. With myself, because I witnessed some stuff with my in my meditation that showed me that I was not a nice person. <laughs> you know, that comes from my root chakra. That comes from that that base where I am, the where did I come from? Because this situation was shown to me, I know it sounds woo-woo, but it was shown to me as in something I was someone I was in a past life. And that's my roots. That's what I came in here with. For me to 
healed that part of me. I've done some energy exercises and decided that I was going to wear red because at first I was going to wear blue <laughs> for communication. But the red is for your roots. That's your family. That's your home. That's your grounding. That's, that gives you, that it keeps you connected to the earth. That's the closest chakra to the earth. So that is your grounding. So I needed to be grounded back again because I didn't want my emotions to take off. I allowed myself to feel them and I did a little bit crying and then I let it go. The red is, is that grounding place, is that family and heart and hurt and the things, you know, things you can eat, your apples and your cherries, those red fruits and vegetables, red bell peppers and whatever. Okay. That's why they said you should eat the rainbow. That's yeah. the reason they say eat the rainbow yeah. of fruits and vegetables. Okay. And then after the, after the red is the orange and the orange, that orange part of you. That's the sacral it's a, chakra. It's a sacral chakra. Thank you. It's a thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a <laughs> sacral chakra. And that and that's where the sexuality and all the issues with anything like that is going on and whatnot. Okay. And if you're having conflicts and all that kind of stuff, sometimes it's it's stuck there in that psychosexual energy that Freud talks about. The thing is, is that sacred chakra, like I said, it, it's not confidence. I forgot what it was. It's not confidence, but I can't think of what the orange is. But I might, I might be able to remember. But yeah, you, so you eat oranges and you eat fruits, fruits and vegetables that are orange, orange peppers, and all that other kind of stuff. And then after red, yellow, then you have your yellow. It's a rainbow. You have your yellow. Your yellow is where confidence lies. So and when I initially was supposed to come on here and talk to Christian on video, because I don't really care for video too much, I was going to wear yellow and blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the situation happened that I had to deal with when I was in my meditation. So that, that inspired me to wear the blue and the red. Okay, I got blue on on bottom to help me with these things so that I can speak clearly, mm -hmm. you know, and your blueberries and your plums and those blue, blue fruits and vegetables. Those are the ones that help with that as far as physio physiologically. Now, I don't know, remember what organs are which what? There are certain organs that are related to the chakras. I have not mm -hmm. studied those because I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't led to yet. Now that I'm talking to you, I think I may. But then after the... Solar that when you have your yeah. green, which, which is, is your, your heart, heart. shot. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's where you that's why you really need a whole lot of green leafy fruits and vegetables, okay? Because that stimulates and enhances and in, and enriches that heart chakra. That heart chakra is the center of your being. It's the core. It's where your divine spark lies. It's right right in the center of you, okay? Because it's the center of, when you go from the chakras to the head to the toe. It's right smack center. Not necessarily where your physical heart is, but it's in the heart of you, okay? Yes. And that one is green. And there's exercise you can do to exercise all these chakras. And then after that, you got your blue, which is your throat chakra. It gives you the ability to speak your mind and communicate. And when my throat chakra was closed because I wasn't expressing my feelings, those things got trapped in my body. And my body got sick. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I didn't have any control over because once you, the beginning of sickness is inflammation. All disease begins with inflammation and it begins an inflammatory process in your body when you trap the energy for so long. And I had been listening and listening and listening to people tell me their problems every day, all day and day out, day and day out for 40 years, okay? 
that caused my body to do be doing a shutdown because one, I didn't know I was taking in energy from them mm -hmm. by listening to this and I was being traumatized. I didn't realize it. I was so busy helping them clear whatever it is that they were dealing with. And I did it successfully that I didn't realize that I was being traumatized in the process. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I relate to that as a hairstylist for 30 years. It was probably year one or two that I realized I was bringing home every pet death or trauma or things that my clients were going through. And I'd be so sad or whatever the rest of the day. And I thought, okay, I got to figure out a way to not feel this because number one, I was touching people physically and mm -hmm. I was listening to them and, and, and being very, very close in their energy field. I had to learn. I did not know it at the time. That's what I was doing. I didn't have all the words around it, but I definitely took care of myself because I was like, I can't feel like this every day. And I did hair for 30 years. So I understand okay. that completely. So let's just briefly do the last two. Well, I have a quick story about the throat chakra. When I was in um, uh, my coaching school, I'd know nothing about chakras at this point. It was 12 mm -hmm. years ago or so, no, 13 years ago, I was looking around the room and there's these beautiful paintings all over the walls. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. But there's one every time I went into the room that I would stare at. And I, gosh, I really like that. And I finally asked somebody, I said, what is that? And they said, oh, that's the throat chakra. That was the one chakra that I needed to open because I was afraid to speak. And everybody who follows me has heard this a million times that a massive fear of public speaking. People had attacked me before when I was speaking in my life and sharing my heart and sharing my knowledge and wisdom. So I had really closed down that center. So it was very interesting to me. And my first business card, I actually put the, a little symbol of the throat chakra on it because mm -hmm. I knew that that was an area that I wanted to work on. So we'll briefly do the last two chakras and then we're coming up upon our time. Okay. The sixth one is in the center of your forehead is the third eye chakra. It is a chakra that is connected to your penile gland, which is connected to all of your DNA information and an openness to the spirit. When you finally see clearly, not seeing it as they fault, your fault, and you see balanced sight, you're seeing through your third eye. That thing where it's not rose-colored glasses and not trauma lenses, is that's what, how you're seeing because you are also seeing through the eye of compassion, the eye of love, because you're already, uh, you already ascended to to heal that heart chakra. Mm -hmm. So now you're speaking, now now as you're releasing and, and stuff, your third eye begins to clear. And as that pineal gland gets decalcified because you're exercising it with that third eye and following your intuition and all that kind of stuff, then you advance to your crown, which is the purple chakra. And that purple chakra is that which connects you to the heavens above. All this is why I call myself a metaphysical life coach, because it's not just about the physical or the mental. It's about the mind, body, and the spirit. All of it. And if we don't deal with all of them, we don't, we don't get an understanding of what the real problem is. Yeah. And now that I've been doing this and I realized that I had the ability to diagnose people when they came in my office, because I was reading their energy. I didn't realize, I just heard that, I just heard somebody says, oh, that means you're a medical intuitive. I'm like, and he said, no, you talk about how you healed your body and you, and I was like, oh, really? Because I nobody, 
my mother told me a little bit about herbs and vitamins and all that kind of stuff. But the whole thing is, is that when I was finding what corrects whatever it is by looking at the blood tests and comparing them with the first one to the last one, each time I would go over to the doctor every month to see where I needed to work, that, that was about me just knowing what to do. Nobody said to do that. Yeah. You know, nobody said, okay, well, you need to do this. You need to, that was something that was intuitively told to me. And then once I did that, now everybody in my family is getting healed of these incurable family diseases. Yes. Interesting, okay. isn't it? You know, when we talk about receiving inspiration, it was a it's something that I circled earlier in our talk here on my piece of paper. And I was like, if this, if we have, if I have a moment, I want to circle back to that because okay. what you're saying, like no one was telling you what to do. This was strictly from the God source spirit universe, whatever we want to call it. Some people call it spirit guides. Mm-hmm. And it, I noticed for me in my life that any time that I followed that inspiration and for inspiration to me is a really light feeling. It's just like kind of a, that comes through me. It's very light mm-hmm. and it has information attached to it. And when I follow that inspiration, I'm always led to the next perfect best step. How does inspiration feel for you, Lois? How does it arise in your body? Or what can, what do you think people should look for? Well, it's that little nudging. It's that little nudging that tells you, take those two pennies off the counter. Then you say, I got a 20 in my pocket. I'm covered. And then you realize you didn't get something from the store and you go there and it's $20 and two cents. Then you say to yourself, oh, damn, I wish I had tapped that two cents off the card. Now I got to use my bank card. That's that inspiration. It's the little, little nudges that want the thing that tells you, grab your umbrella. Yet your natural eye look out the window and say, it ain't raining. Or for me, for me, I do this. I'm sorry. Take your car instead of the motorcycle. And I'm like, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And then when I'm ready to go home, it's pouring down rain. So I'm riding the motorcycle. In the rain. <laughs> in the rain because I didn't listen. Because I didn't listen. Because my desire to ride that day was more important than me listening to what that, that the voice that said. And then, you know, take the car. So the thing is, is that nudge, it's like a gentle nudge. And sometimes it'll tell you, things, not nothing, nothing ever that's going to harm you. Nothing that ever is going to say harm you or harm nobody else. That ain't the nudge. That's not it. It'll tell you do something that you seem, you think is contradictory to what you want. Like when I did not have a house to live in, I was told to go buy furniture. <laughs> so I went for over a six months period while I'm praying for a house with no income. Okay, at that time, I had no income. I started shopping for things for the house. First, I bought God bless this little home, a little placard. And next thing I bought a candle scones. And then I bought a, a dresser. And then, and my daughter, Mom, what are you doing? I said, God told me to buy furniture for our house. Oh, well, I'm going to. I'm so I'm going to. Promise. Mama, you don't have no money. I'm like, look, the secondhand store, Salvation Army, is half price on this Saturday of the month. So I'm going to go scout it out on Friday night. And then Saturday morning, I'm going to be the first in line to tag what I want. She was like, Mom, you got a plan. I said, no, this is what God told me to do. Because again, I was following the inspiration. And sometimes it asks you to do stuff like that or tell you, don't take this way to work. Take that way. 
or don't go, don't go your normal way. And that how I found the house that I'm living in now, the street is on is because of that nudging. Cause yeah. I was nudged to take a different way to get to where I was going. And then I was asked to feed somebody. So I gave them the food that I brought for myself because I don't leave home without lunch or, or snacks or something. So I'm not tempted to eat the garbage in the street. To give them what I had, because I had plenty of time to go back and get some more. I wasn't far from my house. To give the person what I had. Then I heard the voice that says, um, I asked you to go to lamb to feed my lamb because you're my lamb. Mm -hmm. And then a year later, <laughs> I moved onto the street lamb the oh, house I, and it wasn't even the house that i came to look for wasn't even the house i was looking at a house across the street and if i gave you the numbers Kristen, you would say i be fucked <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously everybody who sees the address says i said yes yeah, a story to that so each little thing i was asked to do was on my way to what i wanted yes if I stopped in anywhere, any step from following that inspiration, I wouldn't be here right now. Literally, I would not even be alive today. If I went with that 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 report, you know, <laughs> and it's like, who, I remember the song in church, whose report are you going to believe? I repeat, you believe the report of my inner spark, my divine spark. That's where God resides, right inside of me. He's not in the clouds somewhere. He's inside of me and he's inside of every human being, regardless of race, creed, color, or religion, because he is pure love, light, energy, and everybody. That's where we are at the core. And when we illuminate that light, we get to a place where we can go through any damn thing. I love it. Flow. Oh, so and flow. You. And flow. Thank you so much, Lois. That was such a great way to wrap this up is reminding us all that we are part of source energy and that that source energy can work with us all day, every day to lead mm -hmm. us to the next best step. We don't need to conquer Rome in a day. We need no. to just take the next best step to the right place or the next best step for us to our, towards our destination. So Lois, how can everybody reach you? How can people find you? Tell everybody where you're at and that your podcast. You can find me on Neon Lee, which is N-E-O-N dot L-Y backslash Wings LLC. You also can find me on Instagram, Facebook, the Owl app, and my favorite wisdom app. Okay. And on the wisdom app, I exclusively do my podcast there for now until I'm finished getting all the equipment. <laughs> but I exclusively do my podcast there and it's called Igniting the Divine Spark Within. And there I teach you different things about who you are so you can understand who you are, whose you are and what you, what you are capable of. Mm -hmm. Really, you are limitless. You are limitless. Yes. You only, your only limit is your ability to think better. You know what I mean? We, we don't have any limits because I feel, I feel like I've shown myself that I don't have any limits because the fears, most of my fears are gone. Anything that comes up now, generally I'm being shown is coming from part of my soul's journey. That's what I'm clearing now. That's what I'm clearing now. So yeah, you can find me on that and y'all can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank yeah, you so much, Lois. As always, it's my ultimate pleasure and honor to share space with you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for having me. I really enjoyed this, you know, because I love this stuff. <laughs> 
I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.